And we are back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 295 with Mr. Joe M. Sontag himself. This is going to be his second appearance. People really liked the last time he was on. I think the last time you were on was like episode, shit. It was like 150 something, I think, right? 130, 150. It was on that 140-ish range. Was it that long ago? Yeah. (laughs) I usually try to make them. That's actually purposeful on my part because it like – it creates this like little honeymoon phase for people. So like it's, if they see you again, it's like, oh, I haven't seen that guy in a long time. I like <laughs> that guy the last time, you know? So I, I try to make sure like second appearances or third appearances or fourth appearances are like, you know, spread out from each other. Because, you know, right. you, it, it people mostly see the same panelists all the time. But it's like this one-on-one guest you don't really get to see a lot of then, you know. I'm all to myself, actually. So, Mr. Joe, obviously, he's a you know Reaper Destroyer, made about 60, 80k, more more money than I'll ever own in the bank, probably in my life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, Me too. also, if you, if you guys are watching this on his channel, um, he's gonna drop my YouTube link in the yes. live chat. So, for anyone that wants to subscribe to myself, then you know you can do that on his channel. But remember. I'm, I'm not entitled to your subscription. This is just if you want to do it, you know, you don't have to. But I'll you know, actually just... pin that to the top of my chat here in a second. If it mm-hmm. lets me, what the hell is going on here? Hi, Heron. Yes. How are you doing? What's going on? Good to see All you. All right. Yeah, we're doing and... a dual streaming. So Gosh. this is uh, and this he. Is fun. And Joe told me that if I if I don't pledge undying loyalty to his cause, you know, then I'm not on his team anymore. And then he also told me that. that I should, you know, stop sending him night letters, you know, threatening. Oh him. yes. <laughs> so what the? Let's, <laughs> I was making sure not, to bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> let, well, let's not do the night letter thing. Yeah, yeah. So like Joe, uh, yeah, yeah. Be I gotta be honest with you, man. I, I, I've been hating the way you and Sean been going on your streams, having fun, and that night letter <laughs> I sent you. You know, yeah. I, I told Kayla to give it to you, but you know, women, why we have women do stuff for us when we just do it ourselves. That's Kayla right. did not give you this night letter, right? And this night yeah. letter, I told him guys when I sent it to him, when his uh friend uh gave it to him, the type blue guy, you know, Sean did his thing. <laughs> he I, I said, Hey man, I don't like the people you're hanging around with, man. They're they're, right. they're 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 getting better than me in indie comics, actually. You know, they're <laughs> they're making all this money. I was super jealous of Reaper Destroyer for making all yeah. this much money. I just wanted to just let you know that if you st- you keep hanging around with Sean and Kayla. I'm gonna ha- we're gonna have to have some problems here. You know, you know what yep. Joe told me, guys? Tell me go fuck myself. <laughs> That's right. That's how I roll. That's how I roll. <laughs> oh god. I, I, I don't get that with people, dude. Like I that just... happened to me back in the day with another YouTube person that used to hang around with. Like he had big disagreements with this one fandom. And I try mm-hmm. to have this fandom on just one-on-ones like we're doing, just to hear them out, hear what they're talking about, you know, because I like talking to people to a certain extent, you know. In my real life, I'm introverted, but on the internet, right. it can be a little bit more uh, sociable. I just wanted to hear their d- different side of the opinions. Like, okay, even though I might disagree with this person, how did they come to that conclusion? I would like to know. They would take it as like, oh, my God, you're a traitor. Why are you talking to that side? I'm like, bro, I, I got a podcast. I-, I can't be, like, picking sides of people. I got to have people on. That's kind of what having a podcast is, you know? That's Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's the whole thing with, you know, <laughs> I, I don't get involved in the internet drama. Um mm-hmm. I don't take sides because I just don't give a shit personally, mm-hmm. you know, to be, to be blunt, like time scales is saying, like, I just don't really care about the drama. Like mm-hmm. there are so many people in this indie sphere, in the sphere, mm-hmm. comics gate, iron mm-hmm. age, you know, that we're at 
somebody's bound to have an issue with somebody else, you know, and it's it's yeah. almost like if you do, then you're expected to take sides, maybe not necessarily by the people that are feuding, but like the audience, you know, yeah. the, the fans, they, they seem to want to take a side. And then it's just like you're divided and then you're fighting amongst each other in the comments mm-hmm. and in the chat and all that stuff. And to me, it's just a waste of time. It's unproductive. Uh, right? over, over what, yeah. over what, you know, like nobody's done anything bad to me and anything that has been said behind my back that I found out about, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I really don't yeah. like, all right, so what? That person said mm-hmm. something bad about me. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess I'll go cry in my cereal about it. You know, like, I just, <laughs> I don't care. I'm, I want to make comic books. Like I got a greater mission in yeah. mind than to dive into mm-hmm. to nonsense in my, in my opinion. That, that's just me. Like anybody that wants to do it, you guys do it. You do your thing. More power to you. I'm just stating what I feel on, on the subject of stuff. You know, like that's just that's where I fall. That, that's the thing that always throws me off, dude. Is is how people will be like, well, well, why aren't other indie comic creators more productive? But then are trying to basically pigeonhole them into like drama and all this other stuff. And it's like you got to make up your mind, you know. And that's another thing to bring up. The first thing I want to go over is like. With drama, it's just I don't really do it. I just don't. I, I'm the type of guy where, like, I usually just keep to myself. You know, if people are arguing, unless it's just girls getting like I don't know beat up or something. Then I'm like, oh, step yeah. back. Uh, yeah. But if people are just sure. like arguing, doing their own thing, I'm just the guy. I'm. I, I wouldn't say I'm conflict averse because I'll definitely take my sword out and battle people. But I'm not gonna be the guy going out there starting things with people. I kind of let like that's, let people do their own thing for the most that's, part. You know? That's it. That's absolutely it. It's you know like I don't mind jumping in defending somebody that needs yeah. to be defended. Mm-hmm. But I don't jump in if like even my even my good friends like uh, if I see one of my good friends on Twitter, you know, having an argument on Twitter with somebody else, I don't feel the need to jump in. I might text them right. and be like, yeah. Damn, dude, this is crazy. Dude, you don't know, you like, find that like, the most cringe thing is like people who aren't even involved in a situation will be mad on that other person's behalf and they don't even know if the conversation is hostile, if it's friendly. They just insert well, themselves and it's so yeah. cringe. And the reason why I don't is because I've done that before in the past and then mm-hmm. kind of got, you know, embarrassed because I'm jumping in thinking something is what it's not. And then looking like the fool, yeah. You know, when when you can just you can step back for a second and be like, all right, what what is happening right now? Like, people trade insults. You know, it's words. You know, I, I learned when I was a kid, sticks and stones, right, might break your bones. Words will never hurt you. You know, like it's, it's the truest thing in the world to me. Like, you know, I love getting in fights on Twitter because I love to troll the shit out of people because I, I don't put <laughs> as much emotion into a lot of stuff as other people do. Yeah, and so I yeah. love seeing people get so angry and start calling me names and throwing these insults at me. And I'm just like, oh, like, oh you got me, man. There's like, a recent one. Oh, the recent that, one. That, that got there, me. Was, there was this recent one Joe had where people are talking about like multiverses or whatever. And then people oh, yeah, are trying to say, good. yeah, multiverses are very bad. And, I'll, uh, and it's like, well, no. The way it's presented usually is very bad, and the way it's done is bad. But that doesn't mean that no one can come along and do a very good job. I, yeah. Like, that's the thing is people always want writers to go in all these different directions and storytellers to have all these different, like, aspirations for creating a world. But then if another creator fails at doing something, then that means the people that are not them can't do it because it's automatically deemed bad, and then nothing else could ever, like, change it for being bad. And I – I'm like, what is going on with people? <laughs> There's, this is always weird for me to talk about because, because I, I'll, I'll, this is why guys, San Francisco. 
I'm from California yeah. too. San Francisco oh, yeah. is trash. Time scales. We know what's up. Um, I always have to preface this by saying because I don't take sides, right? Like mm-hmm. I really am not involved in the drama. There so are people you Jacob was... or uh, was it Team Jacob or Team? Uh, was the other one? Oh, fucking from hell. fucking <laughs> Twilight. What, back in yeah. the day, Twilight. <laughs> hey, yeah, it really just feel like Twilight. You know what? Is oh man, team I. This? <laughs> yeah, I had a girlfriend at the time that was it was so into that kind of stuff, and I was like, I don't care. Um, but no, like there's people that I respect to fight amongst each other, and at that point, I'm like, I like both of you, you know, whoever you are, I respect both of you. So therefore, I'm not taking a side, I'm in the middle, and I don't care. You guys do whatever you do to each other, as long as no one's coming after me and trying to affect my business, I don't care, you know. And I said before, like, talk all the shit you want about me. To me, I just laugh about it, like it's funny. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like that don't bother me one bit one bit uh the funny thing about the multiverse thing is like mm-hmm. i pissed off the 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 eric july fans i guess because i was just commenting on you know something i i posted something that eric july said and i just simply said like i did yeah. this was a great conversation but yeah, i disagree yeah. but with this that, little part before, before you, you go know? eric wasn't even bothered by what you said that's the I'm crazy sure he part. Wasn't. Yeah, Eric sure wasn't he bothered. Wasn't, yeah. Eric didn't read because you know Eric would like retweet it and, and you know be, be going crazy. But the, the funny part about that tweet is Eric didn't find a, bo- a bother with it at all. <laughs> you know, other yeah. people were like, you know what? I'm just gonna tell this guy on someone else's behalf who isn't mad how I really feel. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't even make any sense. It, it, it's funny too because it's all over opinions on, on a lot yeah. of stuff, you know, and. So the reason why I don't get sucked up in a lot of the drama with uh, like CG right now versus Ripperverse and all that, um, one, I don't want to say it's manufactured or anything. You know, like there's serious stuff going on between people, mm-hmm. but that's between them. You know, yeah. if they want to make it personal, that's or if they don't want to make it public, that's fine. They can make it public all they yeah. want. They can go back forth and, and do it. I'm just not jumping on onto the train in the chats, fighting with people because yeah. I have no uh, I have no horse in the race, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like nothing about their feud affects me in any way. You know, right. I can sit back and say, hey, I support this person because I love their books. I love their art. Uh, I support this person because I love that they're trying to expand their business in the indie sphere, you know, but that's it. You know, like I'm, there's no sides being taken. Uh, there's better stuff to do. You know, I got a book that I'm trying to get out. I want to expand my business this year. I want to get, you know, issue two out in, you know, the first quarter. Well, you're not trying year. to wait like five years for the next one to come out, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, try not to do that either. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting place that we are right now in the indie sphere. Uh, because you have backers that are pissed off for various reasons with late books and people getting disenfranchised with uh, the crowdfunding scheme. And then you've got, (laughs) then you've got the, the, the wars being waged between various uh, Mm -hmm. heads of different, you know, uh, factions of groups or, or uh, whatever, you know, like it's just, it's too much, man. Like I look at my Twitter feed or my X feed. Yeah. And when I joined Comics Gate and I started following a bunch of people and then just other artists, you know, like I loved my Twitter feed for the longest time because I just go down and comics, yeah. it was art, it was yeah. creating, uh-huh. it was awesome. Now I get on and it's just drama posts after drama posts after drama posts. You know, mine was a little di- di- whatever, different. Whatever, I'm just I, like, I per- tired of it. Mine was a little different, and the and yours is now the what mine is similar when I started following. I like the creators. Mine was because I didn't really know what Comics Gate was until like, man. We're, we're in 2024 right now, right? Yeah. Okay, so I kind of vaguely heard about it in the on the internet sphere. Shoot, maybe as a throwaway thing back in like 2018. But I think okay, 2021, yeah. 
was when I really started hearing. I was like, what the hell is a comics gate? It's like, <laughs> I was like, I legit thought it was a guy who owned a house who had a gate. He put oh. comics on the side of it. <laughs> I, I was like, my, my brain is, you know, some days I'm at work, I'm like, fuck's a comics gate? So, yeah. my, so my, my feed would be, oh my God. And it was so, this was a drama farmer. You know, this person was saying some bullshit. They would be like, all right, I know that, I know this is divisive. Cold take, Catwoman by Halle Berry or Justice mm. League. Constant posts like that. That would oh, be the only way someone would, would get like interaction. Like, people are seriously arguing about two of the some of the worst super movies ever made. It would be other movies too. It's like, what's the worst movie? Jack and Jill by Adam Sandler or freaking this other horror movie? It's like, why are we debating and farming drama over terrible movies? Yeah. Well, like, you this know, is ridiculous. There's there's a YouTube uh, mm. method, you know, growing mm. channels and, and harvesting outrage and stuff like that. And I get it uh, there. When you, when you play on emotion, yeah. you know, especially negative emotion, because people want to express negative emotion mm. all the time, you can get a good following and you can make a living out of just uh, feeding that negative emotion or someplace for people to come and, and to let that out, you know, and then that can be lucrative. That can be good for super chats can be good for your growth of your channel. I get it. I got no hate there. You know, everybody do you, you know, it's just, right. I'm not, it, that's not my personality. I can't yeah. get down with that. Like I, I have my thoughts. I express my thoughts. I don't mind speaking my mind. Yeah. I wouldn't say anything behind the scenes. I wouldn't say to somebody's face uh, and I try to be transparent that way. But what I want to do uh, in life and in comics and in, in the YouTube uh, sphere mm-hmm. is focus on things that make me happy to make that make me excited and make me driven, you know, and inspire me. That's why the channel, my channel uh, is primarily about comic books, the things that 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 keep us going, not so much the stuff that that holds us back and, and festers inside us. I mean, think about it. If you're sitting around all day and it's just this drama is in your head, and you're going on, negative, on X man. and you're just you're yeah. looking for the latest post so you can jump in on the arguments. That's not fucking healthy. You know, for, maybe for it's me, fun for a time, but it gets boring too after I got a while. Sucked into that man some years back, and I looked at myself and I was like, this is just not fun. You know, because at, at, at a certain point, people have already when it comes to drama. And if I hear about it, I'll usually talk about it on my show. But after a little bit of time, it's like, well, we've already said how we feel. If this person feels this way, that's fine. If this person feels that way, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right, next thing, because yeah, I'd rather sure. us go back and forth on arguing about some of the dumbest shit. Maybe like um, freaking hell. Like what's a better freaking movie? Like A New Hope or Lord of the Rings is first movie. Ooh, that's Lord more productive. Rings. Then, you know, going back and forth, like, do you like this other person? Do you like the person more? That sounds kind of gay. Probably not. <laughs> do you like this one dude more than this one dude? I'd rather us argue over dumb nerd stuff. So, you know, that's oh, why yeah, I'm done. I'm done to argue over that all day. Yeah, long. yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, by the way, everybody, if you're watching this on my channel, we're doing a, a, a dual cast or whatever you want to call it. So the show is actually on, on, on MSK's channel, which I have pinned up at the top of my comments. If you guys could. Uh, go to his uh, his site and uh, give him a uh, a subscription and a like on the channel. Uh, that's why I can't bring up any of you guys' comments, but I see them all. I yes. appreciate you all being here. Core Thank twenty, you. yeah, Thank hail you, the core twenty. Yeah, I'm on my way to trying to reach you know a thousand subs. I I'm not really that big on reaching subs. Like you know, I said I had my first channel axed. So at this point now, yeah. if, it, if it if it grows, it's fine. You know, because I I understand after this 
time it's so hard and different to grow because dude i've been it doing is. this since like 2015 the way you grew back then on youtube is not the way you grow now it's so different i was yeah. trying to do methods that i did in like 2015 it just does not work now <laughs> at all like basically Man. now you have to kind of like i mean the twitch ceo old guy said it best you kind of have to just collab with people that's yeah. really all it is you know i mean the reason why i used to be I mean, obsessed with, up, with, with channel growings hail jimmy good to see you I used to be obsessed with growing my channel when I first got it because I wanted to be up there with the big boys, numbers and everything. And then I I, one of the things I realized that I'm not good at because I just don't care about is covering all of the, you know, the the culture war stuff or all the drama. Because, like, I want to talk about comics. And if you come to my channel, that's what we do. We talk about comics, but it's a very niche thing. You know, like we're going to get the actual people who want to read comics check out comic art and all that kind of stuff to the you channel so the channel's going to grow slower that. yeah so you actually inspired me to do something like that because I, I was thinking to myself i would see you go live talking about comic books and i was like you know what why don't why don't i start a comic book club you know people have yeah. book clubs why don't we have one for comic books where we talk about past great marvel stories we like past yeah. great dc stuff great indie apparently there's all these great indie books People don't talk about them. Why don't we talk True. about them? There's True. all these great boom stories, image stories, dark stories. So yeah, man, if you ever if you have a book that you want that you want us to get go over and review, and you you can come on and talk about it too. Just let me know which one you have, and I can buy it, and you know we That'd can just cool. do it. Because I also like why do people have book clubs but not comic book clubs? Like we don't have those. You know, we all talk about the yeah, same we stuff. We should. You yeah, know? we should. Yeah. Like, well, my <laughs> my channel we focus on the art because I'm you know notorious for not really reading because like. <laughs> I just that's my thing. I'm black. I can't you know, it, read. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like to me, like um, like eating pizza, right? Mm. Like I love eating pizza, but I don't waste time eating the crust because I want to go to the next piece of pizza that you know the, yeah. the taste. I want the pepperoni and the and the and the, and and the, the sauce green. and the cheese. In, in comics, like I want to look at the the awesome art, you know, and then I'll skim I'll skim some of the the dialogue so I get an idea of what's going on. And that's good for mm. me, you know. Uh, so like I don't need to know everything. Like I I I get into comics for the art I've, I've never been shy about that you know i love story story is great as a as a writer i love to write and and really get into it but as a uh just a collector of art like that's what i'm there for i just want to pick up a, a book and look at the art and be satisfied and then then move on so you know the indie creators you know sometimes like with the dragon ball z community they'll recycle the same <laughs> narratives year on a year out 24 7 365 days a year. Uh, yeah. People who don't know this, in the Dragon Ball Z community, it's very, very apparent that at some point, people will talk about subbed versus dubbed, should go on to be mm. the main character. All these constant recycled narratives that have been talked about since it started, right? <laughs> what I've noticed in the indie scene, because this happens in a lot of fantasy, I'm not, not just picking the yeah. Dragon Ball Z one. With the indie sphere, I notice that people will naturally, not just with drama, they'll recycle like things like, what's more important in a book, art or story? You have these people clashing oh, over, like, what is it, art, story? So yeah, it's think? a conversation that will, I mean, it's a conversation that will go on forever. And that's what's awesome about comic books, because you can like mm -hmm. it for different reasons. Uh, to me, I think the, the best way to describe it is that art brings you in, story keeps you there. And I think mm -hmm. that's the best way to give respect to both, both uh, parts of what a comic mm -hmm. book is. You know, comics are a, a visual medium. Mm -hmm. You can't be a comic book without having art. Mm -hmm. but you need to have a story to go along with it you know so that's the best way to say you know like some people might be like i'm story first i'm art first but yeah. basically i get i get brought in by the art and if i am so inspired to actually read the book 
the story will keep me around. By the way, I just want to say repairman Jack, I agree with that. You know, ranch, you know, you can use the no. crust. You can you can eat the crust with some ranch. I'm down with that. Let's ranch go. tastes like crap. What, what? is this with ranch? Ranch tastes like love crap. Ranch. What? Love, Do you like you know, pineapple some... on pizza? Hell no. Okay, good, good. Okay, hell no. Lost me there because pineapple pizza no, is no, trash. No, no, no. I've me, actually I'm... had it and it's bad. I think it's generally like crap. Honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm very dogmatic with my pizza. <laughs> like I'm like I'm very you know it's to me it's pepperoni pizza that's pizza yeah and i can go with like other meats you can put meats on there and you know maybe some green peppers and stuff like that but once you start putting on weird stuff on pizza I'm, I'm out or if you have a specialty pizza that's not pizza like to me pizza is marinara and cheese yeah. once you start going into some weird realms with it i was like that's not pizza it's just round food of some other kind but that's not pizza that, I that's where i that's where i stay I can do sausage and um, uh, Canadian bacon. Those are my other two that I like on there. A mixture of them. Yeah, I can, I'll, I'll take it. You know, like you said, different kinds of meat. I can do meat lovers. You know, oh, those are great. The Supreme oh, yeah. pizzas are fine too. But once you start putting on the weird stuff or you know, like barbecue Kale. chicken, or hot sauce on freaking, pizza. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh God, no, that's death. <laughs> my god your hole is gonna be on fire now because delivery. i love hot sauce i i have done that on occasion I don't, I don't mind doing that or red red pepper flakes to give it a little <laughs> bit of that spicy kick i'll definitely do that but my stomach has been like you know trained for 20 years mm -hmm. for the hot stuff so i i can handle all that now well to an answer your point you brought up earlier about the art versus the writing thing yeah i think for me it will be 60 40 Art is what initially will grab someone to actually want to buy the book because mm -hmm. there could be a point where let, let's, let's use the Andrew Tate comic book then. I don't people don't like Andrew Tate, but let's use that just example. Okay. The book Andrew Tate put out, the top G number one, people didn't even want to check out the story first because the art was so bad. Remember? People literally gave up on the book because the art was so bad. Mm. They didn't even they didn't want to even bother that's, buying the book to read the story. Art is what thing. literally gets you into buying the book, though. Yep. You know, if the art looks good, you'll go like, you know what? I'll check it out. Because well, you want to me, know that's, what the story was unless you actually bought the book, though. You know, I don't know too much about Andrew Tate as far as like the comics go. Uh, but to me, that's somebody that doesn't understand what comics are. Mm -hmm. uh, and just maybe maybe they have a like for comics. I don't know. Maybe they want to get into mm -hmm. a different realm when it comes to, you know, selling stuff or a different market. But yeah, if you're going to make a comic book, it, it, understand it is a visual medium. Mm -hmm. Get something impressive. I mean, if I'm going through a comic book store, and I've said this a thousand times, if I'm going, I'm looking through the shelves, I'm just wandering, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not picking up anything unless something catches my eye because it looks mm -hmm. awesome. If it looks awesome, I don't care what the name is on the book, what the company is, what the character is. I'll pick it up and just be like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. I'm going to flip through it, you know, and then possibly you've got me to maybe buy the book if I like the interior art. The problem is if you just put out a comic because it's a comic, you put out shitty art, you're going to have exactly that happen. I mean, half the books that are out there, I judge on the art. If I don't like the art, I don't back them. I didn't. I haven't backed any of the Ison books, not because I have a problem with them. Just I didn't like the art and it didn't look interesting to me. That's it. You know, as, as yeah. a fan, as a reader of comics, that's the only reason, you know. So if you want to get me as a reader, people like me, give me something that's going to be pleasurable to my eyes. Yes. You know, the, and I will pick up your book and I will do it solely on the art. And then hopefully I'll get into the story. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, if you don't have good art, man, it, it's it's dead in the water. That's why I always told people arts, arts, the stronger the two art is what literally gets you in. It's comics. Like, that's art, the same art, thing. You know, comics is someone, art, you know, if someone has an Indiegogo campaign or Kickstarter campaigns I've supported, if the art doesn't look good, then I'm not even bothering because we'll, yeah. we'll 
I don't know what your story is. People, people will use the lines of like, if the story's good, story will stick. You don't know what the story is because the art has to grab you first. The artist yep. will grab you into purchasing that book. The art would have to be the stronger of the two. And let's be honest with you, dude. There's people that buy the books and don't even read them. So the story is negligent in yeah. that in the grand scheme of things anyway. Well, I mean, that's that's me. You know, like I don't read a lot of the stories unless I'm like really, really into it for some reason. Like there's a few mm -hmm. things I do read uh, and then I get into the story. But for the most part, I just want to look at the art because <laughs> it's my favorite artist. Yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> Jack knows. <laughs> yeah, who needs to read? Who needs to read anymore? Yeah. Oh god. No, it, there's been plenty of books that I put back on the shelf because I've opened it up from a badass cover and seen the interior art right away. And it's like I don't even look at a second page. You get one look at that interior, that first mm -hmm. page of the interior art, and it's shit. You put it right back on the shelf. You know, like oh my god, seasoned ground beef on pizza. Mm. That'd be amazing. That don't yeah, I, I get not, that. I want pizza now. God damn it. Why'd you guys do this for me? It's the same. It's the same thing with crowdfunding indie books. You know, mm -hmm. like there's there's a lot of campaigns that that look like they could be good, but what suffers is the art. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to jump into the comic book art realm, you need to recognize that that is what is going to sell the book. You have to have good art. Yeah. Not just because you can afford the artist or you you know you're friends with the dude or whatever. <laughs> look at what you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. you need to have good professional looking art it doesn't have to be perfect you know like that's that's the mistake like it just because you say it has to be good and professional it doesn't mean it has to be perfect uh there's there's many amateurs much like myself that can produce good looking art it's not going to be perfect you know there's going to be errors there's going to be you know flaws because we weren't in the industry we learned on our own we weren't trained you know like some of the guys that have been in, in in the industry for 20 30 years know exactly everything in ins and out but at least you're attempting to, to make the visual medium something enjoyable as opposed to something that looks just like amateur. You know, there, there was a thing back in the day. I would never look at a lot of indie books. And I'm not talking about like um, like Billy Tushy kind of indie. I'm talking about indie indie. You know, yeah. when you go to a, co a convention, you go down Artist Alley and you see like the indie indie books. You wouldn't look at them because half of them just look like amateur art. They didn't know what they were doing. You know, and it's not appealing to the eye. So you just you just walk on by. You need something that's going to catch that person and bring them in. You know, like that's and you do that with the art. If you can't do it with the art, you're going to be probably failure. The other thing to add on to your point, if someone ever tells you about art and story, well, there's a reason why people pay top dollar for good artists, though, on their yeah. comic books. Yeah. You see, the, the person that makes the most money generally on some of these campaigns is the artist. Mm. Like there's a reason why people go out there and try to get good artists. Artist should be the highest paying paying person on mm -hmm. a book. I mean, because theoretically, you could write the story yourself. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if 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 you're an artist like I am, and you can write your own book, then great, you save money. You don't have to hire mm -hmm. a writer, you know. So that, mm -hmm. that's good. But if you were hiring an artist, <clears throat> when I hire people, I don't say like, "Hey, I have this gig, and this is what I'm paying." I go to an artist that I like, and I say like, "Hey, I have this gig. What is it that you charge?" And if they come back and say a price and I can afford it, great. If I can't, then I'm just like, oh man, it sucks. You know, maybe we'll work again down the line. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. what we'll do. But a lot of times I want to pay an artist what they feel like they are worth, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if they come back with a low price, great. That's what that's that's a good deal for me. If they come back with a high price and I can't afford it, great. That's a good deal for them because they deserve it. You know, that's um that's just and the way I approach business. 
I, I remember you you offered me, you know, Bay basically four thousand dollars to do you a cover on Rebirth right. Destroyer and forty percent right. of the uh, profits of the book, I right? Did. I, was, I did. Yeah. I forgot and about then, that. Yeah, yeah. And then after I offered that to Joe, he said, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> Goddamn, Joe! Why are you trying to exactly. overcharge me on to draw you some covers, man? I'm just trying to exactly. make a living out here. <laughs> oh God! I, I say, I say, you you pay an artist what again just the, the basic thing i'm an artist i have a worth yeah. on my skill and what i think my time is worth and, mm -hmm. and what i think i can produce so i've had many people come for commissions uh, for covers or whatever and i'll be like this is what i charge and sometimes they're like that's high and i'm like mm -hmm. it's high because this is the value i put on myself if you really mm -hmm. want it then you know you will pay it <laughs> you know sort of thing if you don't then you don't and you know what that's fine that's just business. You know, like I've, I've got a busy schedule, so I'm not taking a ton of commissions. I don't live on commissions, So it's not like yeah. I just take a ton to get extra money. It's like, if you really want some work from me, this is what I am charging for my art, for my time, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, I, I, I look at it the same way. If I go to anybody I want to, like I'm hiring artists right now for a couple artists, you know, for campaigns coming up offshoots of what i'm doing in, on reaper destroyer and mm -hmm. whatever they charge is whatever they charge i'm not going to negotiate with them i'm not going to try to get it lower it's like hey what do you charge for page okay good let's do this you know the price is high because that's what it's worth yeah and that that's the Absolutely. thing that is i want people to look at it like this there's a reason why whenever you buy your first car your parents always tell you you know what you could buy this cheap honda 1996 honda whatever for like two hundred dollars one thousand two hundred dollars right or you could save up a little bit more money, get yourself a brand new car that'll last you even longer. Because mm -hmm. like, well, well, that's kind of the strategy you're doing. You, theoretically, yeah, people could buy buttfuck who knows artists, make the campaign, do, do whatever. But if you pay a little bit more better of a price for a good artist, you'll see a lot more of that return there. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying people are trying to take shortcuts, but I don't think people really understand. Like if you just save a little bit more money, it's going to take the same amount of time anyway you will get a much better result well if you budget too and, and the thing about um crowdfunding that makes this great is you can hire an artist and say like i've got mm -hmm. up front i've got 500 dollars. so whatever that price of the artist might be let's just say they're charging <laughs> well no but but really yeah i know you're joking but but honestly like if i'm working with a guy yeah. or gal that I really like and appreciate. And I know what they're going to bring to my story that I'm trying to get out there visually. And, and I can project how that's going to reach the crowd. I'm trying to get to, I want to make sure it's worth their well, uh, worth their time to do the book as well. And I oh, want them true. to come back and work for me in the future. So yeah, establishing that really good relationship, knowing that I pay well as in paying what they want, Mm -hmm. if i can afford it that's that's the thing if i can't afford it then i, I can't you know and sometimes they might come back and, and be like hey i will lower it you know for whatever reason and that's on them but i never ask anybody to lower stuff mm -hmm. um i forgot what my other point was gonna be time says gotta go make dinner great guest joe thank you nice to meet you man i'm in california too so i know how you feel being out there in san francisco yeah <laughs> it's pizza time listen on audio yes. one. no problem buddy my Damn. wife reads me japanese manga and explains i'm super lucky uh my wife Ooh, cheated on me with tyrone Actually, oh shit! Don't I don't even have know. a wife, you know. No. I don't yeah. go outside. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> so you know what's really interesting is people have been talking about the whole waiting for a product versus getting it out in a timely fashion. 
Mm. What's been your That's what general Good. Uh, you know, opinion on that? So, oh, yeah, sorry. No, before I answer that, what I was going to say is the, the good thing about crowdfunding is, is you can have like $500 and say like, I'm going to hire this person. Let's say they're charging $100 a page and be like, I'm, I'm going to hire you for five pages of this book, draw it, we're going to get it done. And then we're going to crowdfund it knowing that I need another, you know, thousand, two thousand, how many ever you're how long your thing is, you know, maybe up to $5,000 just to pay that artist. Then you can go out with your crowdfunder and say like, I need at least $10,000 for this crowdfunder. Because that's going to cover my artists, my colors, you know, everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that allows you then to have that crowdfunding, which is what it's meant for, to raise money now to afford that artist to do the rest of the book and everybody else that you're hiring on the book. So that's what was kind of my point. What was the what was your other question? Oh, no. Uh, the people that have been talking on Twitter about the whole waiting for a book versus getting it out in a timely manner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's been a heated one. <clears throat> I think it's very simple. Um mm-hmm. I think people just need to understand what a crowdfunding project is. Uh, yes, there are deadlines that are put on books when you when you hit the crowdfunding platforms, whether it's a year or six months or whatever anybody wants to put on there. Uh, but the 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 crowdfunder is to produce the book. It's to make enough money to make the book. The book hasn't been made yet in most cases. If the book has been made, then it's not a crowdfunder. It's a pre-order. If you're doing a pre-order, you can expect to get the book in a timely fashion because that's what it's designed to do. The book is done. It's ready to go. It's probably headed to the printer or getting ready to head to the printer, yes. whatever. That's a pre-order. You should probably get your books within a month, two months, whatever it is. A crowdfund, completely different. So if you are a backer of a crowdfund, you just need to go in knowing that there is tons of things that can happen during the uh, creation of that book that can delay the book. Mm-hmm. And you just have to be okay with that. If you're not, then just don't back the crowdfunders. Or what I've said before is wait until a book is getting ready to come out or someone says finally, like, hey, the book is done. We're going to be shipping soon. Then go back at them because then you know that your wait is going to be a lot less. Me personally, when I'm doing crowdfunders, if there's a book I like, there's a creator I like, I'm giving them whatever money I'm giving them to um, create the book. And I'm happy waiting. You know, I got other stuff. There's tons of books to read. There's tons of things that are coming out. You know, it, it, to me, I'm helping that creator create uh his story get his dream out there and you know get good books out on the market and to me this is a we're all part of the pre-process right it's almost like seeing a movie trailer a year in advance that's basically what it is to me like granny not paying money for a movie trailer but you see that movie trailer and it's like coming out next summer and you're like oh you know like you get excited for it but you know you have to wait so eventually you just kind of forget about it and then the months go by, months go by, and all of a sudden, boom, it's coming out. You're like, oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah, it's coming out. You know, that's kind of how I approach it as a backer. For me, I think it lines up a little bit in a few different ways. So for me, what I've noticed, I'm not saying you yourself. It's just something that I've seen mm-hmm. that, I've, that I've observed is what, like, the fans will, will think versus what the creator is doing. So, like, the fans mm-hmm. will think because it's taking longer to do, that means it's going to be a quality book. But that, that, that doesn't apply either or. Someone could take three True. years to do something. In a month, do something, and it could come out good or bad. the The timing of it, I think fans would understand. The timing of it has no bearing on it, really. You know, because with, with fans, they're, they're they always say the same thing. It's like I won't say NPC. That sounds kind of harsh, but it's like they're just <laughs> downloaded talking points. It's like if I wait for yeah, this book, yeah. it's going to be quality. And it's like that. That has no there. There's no implication of that, and that's a, a subjective <laughs> thing anyway. You know. Well, that's why you also have to be smart when you're backing backing a book. I mean, if you're going in there. Look at the sample pages, see what you know, all, all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. You can you can gauge what the quality of the book is going to be probably just from four or five pages of sample art mm-hmm. that's on the campaign. Um, 
yeah, there are obviously circumstances that where you might have a creator that's just procrastinating or just lazy or you know there or are some dis- a family tragedy you know that does or there's a yeah kind of thing. yeah and then yeah and then there's the the natural stuff that happens family tragedies uh most of us that are doing this work regular jobs you know during the week and a lot of us have families so the time you get to work on a book is a lot less than somebody that might be doing it full time or you know has all the time in the world to work on it whenever they want um, so that's going to slow down things. You know, mm-hmm. to me, the goal of crowdfunding is always to get a creator from A to B. Yes. And eventually they can go on beyond that with the the funds, the means or whatever to start maybe doing pre-orders. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to be in the boat of doing pre-orders at some point and not have to mm-hmm. worry about crowdfunding because I have been able to roll things over, you know, get things going, you know, uh, beforehand so that mm-hmm. maybe stuff goes um, quicker. And I can just be like, hey, this book is almost done. Or, hey, I've been working on this book because I had the money to hire these people and I haven't said anything about it. The book is done. We're going to pre-order it. You guys are going to get it in a couple months. You know, that'd be awesome. You know, so that's the ultimate goal. But it all starts somewhere, especially I saw what Hail the Lord said. I think it was a uh, first time backers or first time campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is my first campaign. You know, so I'm learning a lot. <clears throat> yeah. I've learned a lot over the year uh, in in almost a year and a half I've been working on, on the campaign through various things. You know, I've, I've experienced ups and downs. I've experienced uh, setbacks. I've experienced people leaving the book. I've experienced having to fire people from the book, you mm-hmm. know, and like, it's just all these things that you have to do as the boss of the project mm-hmm. to get something out. Um, it doesn't always go perfect. And I'd say most of the time it, it doesn't go perfect, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, I think people talk from a realistic point of view versus like, um, What's the thing that people, what's the saying now? In theory versus like IRL. In theory, it would be nice to basically not to crowdfund and do all this stuff, but oh, this, yeah, is a long, this is a long process. And so that's what I wanted to ask you, which is after a few, I don't know if you're going to do another crowdfunder, but do you think it's more sufficient if creators with like big names, such as yourself, so to speak, to make your own website, to drive traffic to your own website? I, I, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because I feel like the whole crowdfunding thing is good as like a stepping stone, but in long term, mm. if you have a big enough pool, why would you want to give this place half your funding? No, you make your own, you know. Yeah, for sure. Like Indiegogo takes a takes a chunk of change, a pretty chunk, um, yeah, from your that. from your campaign, and then yeah. and then on top of that, you got to pay taxes, you know. So there's a lot of money from the campaign that doesn't mm. go anywhere except to somewhere else. You yeah. don't even get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. I do believe that going to your own website, which is what I'm going to be doing for issue two, is the way to go because you're going to have you're going to pay less money out. You're going to get more of the backers actual money that's going to go into the project or go into funding uh, other stuff. Like I said, I'm using a lot of the money for the next campaign, assuming and hoping that it's going yeah. to be good. You know, I mean, it could always fall on its face. We don't know people issue one can come out and people could hate it. You don't know what's going to happen, but assuming yeah. that we're going to go forward and assuming that it's going to be somewhat of a success for issue two, I'm going to be using that money to put into the other books I'm trying to crowdfund this year. And I've said it before, like I want to crowdfund do two, uh, two books or three books this year, mm-hmm. different titles. Mm-hmm. And I want people to be able to get three books from mm-hmm. superior press, which is my company yes. in 2025. And I want to keep on trying to move things around. So we're getting things out mm-hmm. at a faster pace and uh, more books and expanding, expanding the universe, you know, like that's ultimately it, what I'm trying no. to do. See the, the hail. That's what I've, I've been trying to talk about on some of my shows is like, Agreed. people talk about being Indian independent. Well, in theory, <clears throat> I can't be independent on my own in my real life. And if I would be living with like my brother, 
Okay. Right. That's not really independent. You know, I, I, I don't mind crowdfunding. I've crowd, I bought books in crowdfunding. I've got them, but it's just, you know, to me, it kind of feels like if any person brings something up about, about the process of it, they get just like dogpiled on. And it's like, it's, it's like, that's just odd because there are going to be people out there that have opinions on how this goes. That's, that's anything. Oh, for and, sure. I, and, and I think the conversation usually always steers to like, but if the, the book and some, quality and all this stuff and it's like there's no way to quantify any of that stuff dude there, there's gonna be people that obviously are gonna like your stuff yeah like i said they're gonna be although they hate it but there's no way to be like overwhelming hate or love that's just something you have to take by a case-by-case basis you know people just think it's, it's just overwhelmingly love because that's just how naive people think they like right. everything's good it's not it's house can be on fire everything's fine <laughs> I, I try to be as as transparent as possible with the process yeah in the, the, the amount of money that some stuff takes when I first joined Comicscape mm-hmm. and I was working on my, I was working on my book and some of the mm-hmm. people I was hiring onto the book, I was estimating like how much it was going to take to produce the book. Mm-hmm. And the number was a pretty big number. It was a daunting number to think about. Uh, and then I would go in and I'd see a lot of people complaining about price points on campaigns. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, $25 is too much for this mm-hmm. uh, many pages. It should be at least this or all these mm-hmm. stipulations being put on by backers. And so I took it upon myself at that point. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing my best to get information out there so the backers understand why it is that we crowdfund. Hey, Rick, what's going on, brother? What's up, Rick? And how much it costs to make a comic book because it is it can be damn expensive depending on who you are hiring to get onto the book, you know? Eric, um, I agree with you. There you go. I, I understand you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I don't know if that had been done very much, but I know that once I started voicing my opinions in chats and then on my own shows and going on other people's shows and just kind of really laying out how expensive stuff is, mm-hmm. I feel like the information's got out there a little bit better. I'm not saying that fell out, fell out on me. There's probably other people that talk about it as well. So I'm not trying to take credit. Obviously, by that, it's all Sean's in fault. That's it's all Sean's, yeah. yeah. But the more I can say like, hey, guys, the only reason this can happen is because you guys are back in the book. And I know that $25 is a lot. I know waiting for a year or so is a lot. But that is the only way that I can raise, you know, the fifteen to twenty thousand dollars it's going to take to make this comic book. You know, when you think about, can comics be made for a lot less? For sure. You know, depending on what you want to do, you do it all yourself. You're saving so much money if you're that skilled and talented to draw, to ink, to color, to letter. Then you're saving a shit ton of money, and you can have a lot better profit. But if you are hiring people, if you're hiring four or five people onto a project then it's going to cost money, especially if you yeah. want to get quality people, it's going to cost money. And that means when you hit a campaign, you're hitting 10 grand, you're hitting 20 grand. It looks great. But guess yeah. what? A lot of that money is going to the production of the book, mm-hmm. you know, and then on top of that, you have to print the book and all that stuff. So you have to get beyond that number to really get out of the red, mm-hmm. you know, and be successful, you know? Oh, the other thing. So, so I, Reaper brought, that's a great thing. So, that's the reason why I always say, wait till you're a big enough name, because as everyone knows this, conversion rates are very, very hard to do. Even if you're a big content creator on any platform, Twitch, X, anywhere, Rumble, conversion rates are some of the hardest things to ever do. Like, so you have a fan base, as I say, on Twitter and Indiegogo. Mm. So if you did make your own website, you have to naturally drive traffic to that website. That yeah, you too. Have. Yeah. Indiegogo already has given traffic based off of, you know, longevity, people already go there to crowdfund stuff anyway. That that's the hardest thing to do, but that comes with over time being a big draw that comes. Yeah. With- you want to, you, you don't want to jump into it right away. Uh, if you're a first time creator or you have a small following mm-hmm. or whatever, jump into Indiegogo Kickstarter from my comic, you know, get 
to where you can get uh, backers and people uh, will follow you. Mm-hmm. When you get a good following, then you could go to your own website and be like, all right, so I've got what 1,100 backers on my campaign or something like that. Uh, yeah, almost 1,200 backers on my campaign. So I'm like, if 80% of that comes back, I will at least be able to drive them. If they're like, where's Reaper Destroyer 2 launching? If you follow me or whatever, I've got mm-hmm. the, everybody's email when it comes to collecting emails so you can send all that stuff out. They're going to follow you to wherever that's launching, whether it's Indiegogo, Kickstarter, from my comic, or your own website. And so if you if you back the book, you're a follower of the book, you're a fan of the, the project, you're a fan of me or the company, you're going to get that email and it's just going to say Reaper Destroyer 2 launching blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to hit that link and you're going to follow it to where it is. You're going to sign up and you're going to go wherever it's at and you're going to back it there. Um, so I think at that point, you can start transitioning to your own website. And again, I'm not abandoning the crowdfunding sites. I'll still have a version of the yeah. campaign. That's what we have fun that. comic now. Yeah, that. I have a, a version, you know, but there'll be something that drives interest to that main website. Mm-hmm. You know, exclusives, the exclusive cover of this or whatever. Yeah. It's going to draw people to that website. You run it for like 60 days. And then after that, you launch an Indiegogo with a, a stripped down version, you know, mm-hmm. of the book. And maybe you do the same thing with Kickstarter, maybe uh, fund my comic variant. There's so many things you can do, mm-hmm. you know, but I think the if you do your own website, you are taking it into your own hands. One, you can't be shadow banned. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's a fact. Nobody can come after you and shadow ban you because it's your mm-hmm. own website. You can do what you want. That, that's and two, you're not paying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not paying the outrageous percentage it is to be okay. on Indiegogo and Kickstarter. That that's why Luke creating fun my comic and you having your own website, people in the future, we, who who can shadow ban you on your own website? Right. This is not a thing. That's it, that that's the other problem. You know, is the the only thing that Indiegogo helps with is just the audience that potentially might be there, and people and people know it's a familiar brand. They could attach themselves with for a crowdfunding website that had delivered their product. So that's it. Once you prove you delivered your product on your own and you have an audience from YouTube and all the yeah. social medias you created, you getting traction on your website to convert people over is going to be easier. All people want to believe is basically you deliver the first time. That's it. Once you do it the first time, yeah, they're set. That's all that really matters at that point, you know? Yep. Yeah, give me give me two seconds. I'll be right back. No problem. Uh, Nicholas says making comics is expensive. Yeah, it is. And you know what Sean did, guys? Sean drew Joe's face on one of the variant covers for Type One. How how many of you guys can be grabbing that cover and then draw stuff on the page? Actually, with Joe doing things. Question for chat: Is a color comic versus black and white a deal breaker for you? I think it'd be only a deal breaker if you weren't exposed to like manga. People that were never exposed to like manga would probably find it pretty jarring to have no color, but it wouldn't personally be a deal breaker for me. It would have to depend how the black and white is structured because looking at pure black and white stuff, if it's just comic book related, could be ooh, pretty jarring, I would say. It's, yeah, probably for a normie that's just collecting mm-hmm. comics. Yeah, it probably could be jarring. If he, if somebody like me, I like black and whites because if, if it's good art, if it's, it's got to be good art. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's yeah. the thing. If, if it's good art, then I like black and white because I like to see art in its uh, raw form without the colors you know so either or i'm fine with as long as it's good art but for normies probably color is the best way to go Mm -hmm. i'm a backer of reaper destroyer christopher man says sometimes i actually prefer black and white especially if the coloring isn't very good and it overpowers the line art that's true i think about that That actually yeah it's a great point i backed reaper destroyer twice Mm -hmm. oh thank you 
Hopefully you're back the same variants. How should we back the same variants? <laughs> <laughs> Reaver Destroyer is still the one book I'm the most hyped about, and I've backed a shitload of books over the last two and a half years. Yeah, I can't wait till it comes out. Like, Thank so you. the last Thank time you. we talked, you said you were finally going to enter the whole uh, getting to the printer phase. Has that actually happened yet? Hasn't yet. Um, so the last before the last time we talked, I had my dad got uh, pretty pretty sick and went into the hospital. Mm-hmm. It was a touch and go there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is if we were going to lose him or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took the I took about the entire month of October off just to be. He was in the hospital for a month. And so I just took time off from the book uh, just to be there. So it set us back quite a bit. What I can say is that the book is completely drawn. Mm-hmm. So the line art, my part, is completely done. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave Kemp, who is a colorist, has a couple more pages to go. And then we need to sit down and go over all the colors to make sure everything mm-hmm. flow is right, if there's any corrections that need to be done to make sure that the you know that the book is what it should be. And then we send it off to get it lettered. And then we can go to print after that. So I mean, we are damn close, uh, but we aren't we aren't there just yet. So stick with me, guys. You can follow me on my channel. You can follow me on on uh, any uh, social media. You can DM me. You can email me. You can get it get a hold of me live. And ask any questions you want. I'm always I'm always down to talk and 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 reassure you guys about the book. But we're 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 really close to getting this book out, and I'm very excited. I think it's looking awesome. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. This is the other thing that people. Don't seem to understand. No one wants the book out more than you do. You're the one putting almost all your oh, money. Oh, absolutely. Into it. I, I wish the book. Would, yeah, I wish I could have got the book out. Like you know, early last year would have been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things happen, you know. Um, also, I extended the amount of pages, which is something I would recommend people never do. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, first time creator. Again, like I said before, you're getting into the crowdfund space. You're starting to learn about what the backers like and what they what they want, what they expect. And then you start seeing a bunch of people saying like, oh, you know, the book has to be 48 pages long. It has to be 60 pages long or I'm not backing it, blah, blah, blah. So naturally you start thinking like, oh, shit, like my book originally was only 22 pages. I expanded it to 32 and I still got people kind of pushing back like, oh, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like in my mind, I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit of the pressure. Be like, all right, well, I just I need to make the book bigger, you know, so I need to expand things, you know, because I need the page count. That's what people count. They care about. And once you do that, you realize like, shit, I'm putting a whole lot of extra work on my on my plate that's going to take a lot longer than you might think, you know. And once you get into that, you start seeing the you start seeing your time that you have and the amount of stuff that you have to do. And you're like, fuck, you're like, I I really, really just, you know, kind of fucked myself as far as my schedule goes, because I wanted to be, you know, popular or whatever and be like, don't worry, guys, you're going to get this 40 page book. Even though I said it was 32, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, well, shit, it's going to take longer now, you know, and that's kind of yeah. like what I got, what I got myself into, which going forward, I'm not going to do that. Uh, there's John Malin. Hey, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I was John Malin? Yes. The John Malin, the coach. The guy God like everybody. Godlike book. Yeah. He's the guy that did a cash grab too, right? No, he didn't. Uh, Cecil did cash grab, I believe. Okay, John all, the, all, all you white guys shift. look the same to me now at this point, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, John Malin's done graveyard shift, he's done uh, uh, godlike, which I'm very excited about. That's like right, right at my wheelhouse of, of what I'm looking for in comics. Um, but no, yeah, we're, we're simulcasting this. So, this is actually on MSK's channel. I've got the link up above. If, if you guys are in my chat, please follow that link, give him a sub. I'd very much appreciate that. Thank you, uh, jo- John. Why don't you have godlike available? 
Come on, man. A brother trying to buy your books, you know? Goddamn. Help <laughs> a brother out. I know you dated a black man. girl. Help me out. Oh, what, shit. What the same. I'm just kidding. Malin <laughs> does, Malin's the oddity mm-hmm. when it comes to crowdfunding because he does those time limits. He doesn't go in demand. You have to buy it when it's live. So whether mm-hmm. it's 30 days or 60 days, uh, you got to get it within that time frame. Mm-hmm. Same thing with second chances. I think he's the only guy that can do that. Uh, and actually God, make yeah. a ton of money. The rest of us people would just be like, ah, whatever. <laughs> so shout out to him. But you yeah. got to get it within those those time those time limits. You know. Do you imagine someone like John saying like, "All oh, you black guys, yeah, that part would go very well." Good lord. All you black guys look like I don't know. <laughs> All you black guys look like T'Challa or something. <laughs> My God. Learning what you have with the first campaign. What do you do different for the next one? Uh, so I got a I got a lot of things I'm doing different for the next mm-hmm. one. Um, I've got a, a business model that I'm going to be unveiling for the next year or this year coming up, but I'm going to wait until uh, I start fulfilling on this project to let everybody know. But I'm trying to find a way to get the price point of books um, down so they're more appealing to back. But I'm also trying to switch it up to not have to go for these major uh 48, 60, 80 page books, you know, so that for one, I think that that will help the turnaround time be a lot quicker. So I've got a plan in place. Uh, stick with me. I'm going to unveil it probably in the next few months mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think it would be, I think it would be a lot better all around. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, some people know about it. I think I've got good feedback on it so far. So just stay tuned. But besides of what I've learned, I'll have a whole video where I go over what I've learned, yeah. but a lot of it goes into you know, timing you know, it's hard to estimate exactly how long things are going to take, because like I said, there's so many things that pop up that you're, they're out of your control. So like, how do you factor that into your time? You know, how much of the book should you get done prehand? How much can you afford to get done prehand? Um, backup plans are the biggest thing I could say, like having a backup plan, if you have to fire somebody off the book or if somebody leaves the book, um, having contracts is great, you know, but at the same time, if somebody leaves and breaks their contract, are you really going to take them? to court small claims you know it's going to probably cost more money to try to get that contact contract fulfilled than mm-hmm. it is to just be like fuck it i'm gonna move on and find somebody better or just as good and we're going to keep on moving moving with the project so yeah there's, there's tons of stuff i've learned it's crazy it's been an interesting trip kayla talked about this on twitter where apparently you had her do a story actually it, now is that going to be like a mini story in reaper destroyer or is that an entirely new different book in general yeah, so because the campaign has made the money that it's made, it, it, I was blessed to be able to have extra money mm-hmm. to hire people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to put out a supplemental book with just expanding my universe, doing some backup stories with certain characters. And uh, Kayla was one of the people that I brought on board to, to write. Uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoy her writing. She hasn't written a lot as far as what people have seen. She's primarily an editor. But mm-hmm. the the stuff that I've seen, I was really, really impressed with. And I was like, come right for me. I'd love to have you on board expanding my universe. You hired a woman? I hired a woman. I know. God. Yeah. God. yeah, I'm very progressive. <laughs> God. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm fortunate to work with Kayla. Um, she's got a great mind for comics. I mean, she grew up uh, with comics from her dad. Her dad was a huge mm-hmm. collector. So, I mean, she grew up in comics, reading comics. She's a huge mm-hmm. fan of like Claremont. So, I mean, she's got like that mind, that readers, that writer's mind when it comes to comics, you know, and she's a way better as far as far as like deep thinking 
when it comes to writing. Because me, you know, like if I was left to my to my wildest uh, fantasies, I'd just be writing action books all the time. They'd have no story. We'd just be like action, like fight, boom, boom, boom. Uh, but having people like Kayla in my corner really helped me bring out my story a lot more and stuff. And yes, diversity. Let's bring the women on board, especially if they've got big boobs. Yeah, if a woman has big tits, that's always a seller. Just saying that's that. Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. I see Kayla in the chat. Hey, little girl. Good to see you. That's just so weird. How we we just that was not planned. That's not planned. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> of course, I I am. Uh, I am half Puerto Rican and yeah. an eighth black. No, what? I'm quarter per- Puerto Rican and an eighth black. So, so technically, like black, black Panther, then. Yeah, yeah, well, te- technically, yeah. the diversity hires are all, you know, I've got a couple different, you know, fulfilled right here. And then bring the woman on board, you know. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting, we're yeah. going to check the boxes. Since Kayla, she said she's driving home and she's always like, she, we've, <laughs> she's been playing hard to get so hard, guys. I've been trying to get her on for a one on one forever at this point. Oh, yeah. She's been basically standing me up, you know, she's been like, I don't know if I could talk to a black guy, you know, bad for business. (laughs) She's not a biggest Inuyasha fan as I am. I'd clap her Inuyasha. Oh, see, see, (laughs) Kayla, you got to come on with MSK and you got to defend your position there. Let's go. If my dad sees me with a black guy, I I might not be in this house right now. Good Lord. But you know what's crazy, man? How, Uh, like. When I first met her, and I was just, like, I was blown away because she t- she said she worked like three jobs and she yeah, still was trying to do the stuff for you. I was like, and she's I, a hard I, worker, man. I remember that story she said how she does the three the three jobs and everything, and then you see like girls on TikTok and Facebook Reels now talking about, I man, I can't do this nine to five. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> There's having yeah. mental breakdowns over doing a nine to five. It's like. First time. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah. Kayla, she's a hard worker. She does a lot and she's a very driven person. And that's what I love about her. Hmm. Um, and like I said, she's got a great mind for comics and, and stories. And she's got love for it. And I've watched that's, that's, since I was a kid, man. Yeah, I, I have DVDs. I have, I have most of the series. Going to school too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, school. yeah, fuck. yeah so when I'm, yeah, when I'm, I'm seeing one of these like TikTok thoughts, these OnlyFans thoughts, sluts, what do you call them nowadays? Oh my god, yeah, I can't yeah, do another yeah. fight. Oh shut up. Shut <laughs> up, man. No, all of us know what you're gonna say, dude. Given I've lived a long time at this point, I know what someone's gonna say before they become an adult. I just, I, I, I started to prepare my brain. I know yeah. what they were gonna say. They're like, "Oh, how am I gonna have time to do this?" And they, you just, you just adjust and you work through it. It's an adjustment period. That's how it management. Is. Yeah, you know, work ethic, things mm-hmm. that should be, you know, ingrained in you when you're a kid by your parents. Mm-hmm. You I know? just don't get like, what, what do you think causes that? Because there's no way they don't know this stuff because they've had programs like Coddling. public school, which used to be a goddamn communist, or university. Yeah. So they know what a, a work schedule is. They know what it is. It's like this has to be just either you're, this person's faking these, these emotions or they're just actually this blown stupid. I don't I, know. I think people are just – they're coddled. I mean I saw somebody talking about how Gen Z – maybe it's Gen Z or the millennials. Mm-hmm. I don't know because technically I guess I'm, I'm an maybe old millennial. <laughs> but uh yeah but they stay at home a lot later like they stay home they live at home through their 20s sometimes into their early 30s mm-hmm. and it's like the failure failure to launch i think that's what they call it right like they they're not getting out there and they're experiencing real world uh paying the bills you know responsibilities and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff if they're staying at home with their parents mm-hmm. you know it, and they just they don't know how 
mm-hmm. how to function when they get out there and they get into a job and they're like, well, I have to work eight hours a day yeah. for how many, how many days? You know, yeah. it's like, I, I know people that, ha- that that have been working since they were like 13. D- dude, I was working. In, let me, let me just preface this. I was working since I was like eight years old and a lot of, I, I grew up in the country and my mom to teach oh, farm me, life. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't on a farm or anything, but my mom wanted to teach us, uh, mm-hmm. me and my brothers one, you know, uh, how to how to handle money and also how to handle responsibility so we would go out and we would pick fruit right because every all around us were blueberries um strawberries cherries mm-hmm. all these kind of different fruits and you just go to uh the farms and you pick fruit and you have to get there at seven o'clock in the morning and you you you'd have a lunch and then you'd have a checkout time and then at the end of the week you would get money you know so my mom started getting us to do that at eight eight years old not every single day, mind you, but just so that we knew what it was about. And then as we grew up, it, it, it kept changing. Like she would take us to different various oddball jobs in the summer to do, you know, corn detasseling happened when I got a little bit older, but it all prepared me for the time that I actually went into working my first part-time job. I knew what that was about. And then when I graduated from part-time job to full-time job, I was ready to go into the workforce and never looked back, you know, but I was prepared and I was, you know, trained. I was raised up that way. It wasn't a shock for me. It was just, it was what it was, you know. Kayla says, I'll never complain about doing too much and working as hard as I do because I know it's like to have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I, that too. Man, you know? I grew up, dude. I told you this before, like my first man met you a long time ago. Or your first parents got retconned. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. DC moment. <laughs> Yeah. We, we, we were so poor at a single point. I would come home from school and I look at my refrigerator. We'd have like one can of food. I know what it's like to have literally nothing. Mm. I will never be poor again. I told people before, if I ever lost my job and I was poor, I'm not living no more. I, that's just hell. Having nothing, yeah. being broke outside in the rain, snow, whatever. Uh-uh. No way I'll ever live like that. Mm. Yeah, I'd rather many, not live at all at that point. I think that's too many people good. are handed things nowadays. Like They don't yeah. know what it's like to have to really, really, really work for stuff. Or what it's like to struggle, you know, some people do. And when, when you do struggle, I think you have a better appreciation for what you need to do. So you don't struggle again. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, when I was younger, yeah. I used to go work in like my uh, uncle down the street. They'd have this like, like a field, not say field, like a yard or whatever. I used to just clean up their yard for like 20, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Like yeah. just get some money. Like I, I just don't get how people, these kids now are having literal people. I, I'm mental breakdowns over doing a <laughs> nine to five. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what. It, I, what it, the heck? All I know is I'm a little worried for the future of our country mm-hmm. when with those kids reaching adulthood. That's how they're they're handling things right now. Uh, what are their kids going to be brought up like if they even have kids? Who knows? But it's it's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. Oh man, dude, it's. God. Oh, I, I, I want to ask you this. Yeah. So since, um, as you know, DC Comics is now with uh, under David Zaslav. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Mm. Like Eric, Eric, and As brought up on, on their show, but I was kind of thinking because, like, you know, the merger might happen between Warner Bros. and Paramount. What is to stop David Zaslav from going in there and being like, "Hey, this makes us no money. I want new people, or it's over. I'm selling this off." What's to stop him at that point? You know, because we know David Zaslav, he'll slash. He'll can movies if they're even already finished. Well, yeah, we saw that with the Batgirl, mm-hmm. or was He'll it Batgirl or Batwoman? It was Batgirl and and, and oh, the Scoob movie. Remember? <clears throat> and he he sold off the uh, Wiley Coyote movie. He sold off Batman mm. animated series that keeps this stuff. This guy wants money. Like, what is to stop him from being like, "This makes me no money. I'm done with this now." Nothing. Pure luck yeah, is keeping these jobs around. Luck. 
yeah you know what i think they're banking a lot of um hope on the james gunn universe and i i really think that they're paving the way for that and if that doesn't hit who knows what the fuck's going to happen uh with that place so i honestly have not paid much attention to anything lately i've been so busy doing my own stuff there's only a few things that i think i'm i'm excited about when it comes to the movies deadpool 3 being one of them uh and i just saw that the max got uh picked up to be made into a movie or something so i'm pretty excited, Are you excited for um uh, uh sonic 3 uh mm, you know i liked sonic 1 I thought that was pretty good. I tried watching Sonic 2 and I kind of I didn't finish watching it because I it just didn't get me. The Sonic 1 was pretty good. Sonic 2 was eh. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll I see. heard rumors that there might be Hayden Christensen might be voicing Sean. Like that's terrible. That'd be awful. <laughs> He'd be a terrible what? I'm gonna have Shadow telling Sonic about the high ground. Oh no, please. That'd no. be funny. No way. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'd have to finish watching the second one before I watch the third one. But if this if the third one looks good, then I might go back and finish watching the second one. But that's my most anticipated movies: Deadpool three and Sonic three. That's yeah, it. Deadpool three looks great. I'm really I'm really excited about that. And here's the thing: like, I, I'm not overly cynical about stuff. You know, like I'll post stuff on on X. And people will just be like, oh, they'll ruin it. You know, I'm like, well, we don't know that. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't, you know, but I'm not going to sit here. I don't like having to sit here right off the bat. Just be like, oh, it's going to be ruined. It's going to be trash. Mm-hmm. I will wait. To, you'll wait for them to prove it that right. it's going to be that way or, or it's not, you know, so I'll be excited about Deadpool until I watch it. And if it's bad, I'll say it's bad. But if it's great, I'm going to go in and I'm going to enjoy it, you know, because why not? I'm not going to be negative all the time. It's just not my personality. Yeah, I always it's just like not to, a negative dude, you know. I can tell sometimes when something's gonna be bad, but uh, but to get my full opinion on it, I would like to go either comes out on VOD and I experience the movie, or I go to theaters and experience the movie. Yeah, I worked as a house painter at 18 in the southern Cali heat. My boss Ooh. didn't tell her, yeah, like I could yeah. understand if a girl's breaking down because maybe a guy you know did something to her or anything like that. That's understandable, but mentally breaking down nine to five. Well, dude, kind of I've seen dudes breaking down. Yeah, working a first job. They're like, my boss was mean to me. He's racist, and I'm like, what okay, all right, FFs, go be broken, <laughs> homeless. Then that's what you- yeah, right, uh, exactly. <laughs> like, I I can understand why people do like those odd jobs to eventually become like their careers and stuff like that. Like having, you know, if I could pull out my boobs and I could show up mm. my butthole and do OnlyFans content and make millions, I honestly would. Because that's I mean, I mean don't get me wrong, I'd do it. I'd yeah, absolutely I do, do it. it. <laughs> if I could make that kind of money, and I had a I would tip, <laughs> had a buy, I'd be like, oh yeah. <laughs> Come check me out, my OnlyFans. Like if I had, if I had no shame, I'd do it. I would. Because yeah. what's the point of work? Literally, like the, in theory, what's the point of working a nine to five, listening to some bitch made boss tell you shit? He's working sucks. Yeah, you work working. most of your life. I was just talking to a guy at work about this this morning. Actually, uh, we were talking about. Uh, I think Nikki Haley said she wanted to raise the retirement age to like 70 or 75 or something. I was like, what the fuck is the point then? You work your whole damn life and you get to retire to have 10, 15 years of life left when you're old. Yeah. Yeah. When you're old and you can't move, you know, it's like, you you, you work our entire lives from the time that you're old enough to work full time, which would be 18, you know, or depending. Uh, And it's one of the biggest reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like I want to do this full time. Um, I want to be a full-time creator, have my own business, work for myself. That's what I want to do. So that should be that should be 
definitely a preference is you clean your butthole before you do OnlyFans content. If you don't well, do you that, you got to. You got to. You know, maybe maybe bleach it. You know, <laughs> just make it look make it look good, ladies. Uh, like that's the good. thing is, what happened to the point where we're? I think with parenting, from what I've noticed, it ended up becoming like this thing of like, what's the best way of saying it? It's that one line mm-hmm. where instead of actually being harsh about something, because I don't know if, if you had sisters, but you know, if your parents, you know, who has parents out there, if you had like a sister and the sister wanted to go out to like a, a dance or whatever, the parents would be like, no, just be like all mad. And, the, and then later on, she realized, wait, that's probably a good thing for me not to go out and do that. It's right. kind of like, I feel like parents, from what I've noticed, have gotten really lenient on things. Like they'll, 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 they'll just be like, oh, you know, it is what it is. Just go and do it. Like that passive, like it's not that big a deal till an actual big deal comes up later. I think mm-hmm. people being way too passive on, on very serious things gets to that point. You know, people need people have stopped being stern. They're like, oh, it's well, just this one time. It's just pronouns for my kid. You know, they're wearing well, blue yeah, hair. Yeah. They, you know, it's like it's Here's- always just one time, you know. Here's the thing, and I, and I do agree with with Kayla. Um, I'm just joking, but yes, if you want to have some kind of life, probably not. If you want to be a mother day, someday, probably not. Shaking your tatas <laughs> online is the way to go. Uh, but the problem is, a lot of these young girls they they don't want that, you know, and probably until they do, and they're just like, yeah, hey, you know, money, you know, guys like me, yay. Uh, but with the kids thing, I think that at some point idiots that had the ability to say i have a title to my name can come out psychology wise and say um these things are affecting kids you know when when my wife started working in in child care and she worked in child care for about six years mm-hmm. i had to hear about like all the stuff you know and like how you know how you're supposed to analyze kids and all this and it's all this new age mumbo jumbo you know, uh, how this tone is going to affect the kid or, you know, a kid can't recognize this or, you know, you have to handle them a certain way and blah, blah, blah. And it's all this, 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 this soft handed approach to stuff. And I'm not about, you know, abusing kids, but I was brought up, I was spanked, you know, and you know what, when I was, when I was spanked and I realized that there were painful consequences to breaking the rules, you know, and disrespecting my parents or anybody, uh, I opted not to do that again, you know, and I grew up with that mentality. I think a lot of kids these days, they're not growing up with that, that quote unquote heavy handedness because everyone's so worried about psychological. I don't want to ruin my kids psychological, you know, thought process. And when, when, when they're older, they're going to look back because I yelled too much or I spanked them and that's going to affect them in life or it's going to affect our relationship. Mm -hmm. I've got a great relationship with my parents and I was, I was, I was spanked with spoons you know, Dude, and, I was hit with leather the fly belts. I was you were yeah. with fly swatter, not not the actual flat part. I thought we were the iron part. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my mom. If if I was a little shit, which I could be <laughs> when I was a kid, if I deserved to be spanked, there were sometimes my mom would just look for the nearest thing, <laughs> whatever that might be, and then she would whoop my ass. And you know what? That's fine because I deserved it, and I realized <laughs> that when I when I would get older, I would understand you know, how to act because there are consequences. You know, I, I remember the, I only one time I was slapped by my mom mm-hmm. and because I don't know what, I, I can't remember what I said. I didn't call her a bitch or anything like that, but I said something that was fairly disrespectful for my mom to slap me. And she just hauled off and just whoop right across my face. And it was the first time I'd ever been hit like by an adult, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it was so shocking to me that I never did it again. You yeah. know, and I'm, that's, that's, that's the point. That's what it should be there for, you know? 
And I, I, I see generations of kids that don't get that. They get, you know, talked to. You know, like let's talk it out. They don't even have timeouts anymore. All, even yeah. that's considered bad. Like what that's, the yeah, heck? Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, they're just they're growing up with that mentality. When they hit the real world, they don't know how to handle actual confrontation, hardship, uh, any of that stuff, and they just crumble. And you're seeing some of these kids now going to TikTok because that's where they need to get their validation from nowadays. They have to have all these people, you know, give them, you know, send comments and all this stuff, get that dopamine drip from their mm-hmm. from TikTok, and that's 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 what we're raising. That's that's what the next generations are becoming, and that's why I said earlier in the stream. It's kind of scary. Like that, that that's the other thing too, which is, I mean, getting spanked or getting like, or take whoopings as black people always called them, you know, yeah. that, that brought like fear. Like, Hey, don't do yes. this. If you got yes. a bad call from a teacher, if you get the call, if the teacher called your parents for any kid that I grew up with, if the teacher called the parents, Oh, that was, Oh God! You knew you were coming home, and you were getting just fucking destroyed. Right? <laughs> yeah, there was something <laughs> waiting for you when you got home. <laughs> so the, the the scariest thing to me when I was a kid was wait till your father gets home because oh, my God. dad my dad worked and my mom stayed home and, mm-hmm. and raised us kids and everything. And it was always just like wait till your dad gets home. And you know, dad would get home from a long day of working construction, and the first thing you'd have to do is get met with my mom, and she'd have to tell him. And he's like, "Fuck!" The first thing I have to do now is take take you in the back and give you a spanking because you were disrespectful but it's like you knew and you had to sit for hours sometimes until your dad got home and you hear pulling up in the driveway getting out of the car and you know what's coming and you're just like oh the fear the fear you know but that's that's something that that trained you and it taught you to not be in those situations anymore and it taught you to be more respectful to listen to not disobey you know and that was the that was the the good thing about those kind of punishments that set you straight. And so I'm all about it. You know, I, I've gotten in many arguments about people who have said various mojo, you know, flippity floppity stuff about psychological shit was spanking. And I'm like, look, <clears throat> I got my ass whooped sometimes when I was a kid. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I grew yeah. up you know, with a loving family still. I have a great relationship with my yeah. parents. You know how you said your mom slapped you? My mom, yeah. that was a regular thing for us. If we <laughs> said something out of turn, one time I said, you're stupid. I feel like I did a spin. Like, no, we actually got, right. Like, we're talking, we're talk, I'm talking to like full on motherfucking knockouts sometimes, you know? Ooh. But the thing though is I never, when I grew up and we had that, you know, I, I really thought to myself, I didn't come out and be some bad person. It's like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what this is, it's like the Mandela effect where a lot of people will say something. People don't kind of fact check it or whatever. And they kind of parrot yeah. it. So have you met someone in your life that was spanked that turned out to be flipping insane? I've never. never. I've never. In fact, everybody yeah. I know that is my age or a little bit younger that grew up the same way and got spanked and all that kind of stuff are, are, are people that are adjusted. They're adjusted to society. They yeah. they are you know they might be partiers, they might be crazy, mm-hmm. but they there's nothing about their upbringing that was bad. Now, granted, I get it. There are there are people that get abused, you know, and right. I'm not yeah. discounting that. There are people that grow up and they are abused. Maybe they're overly mm-hmm. punished by really strict parents, and there's no love in that. And it's funny when you say like love when it comes to punishment, right? But there mm-hmm. there is love in punishment because you're trying to teach someone how to understand how to live within a structure we live within a structure we have laws we have all this stuff you have to live within when you're an adult when you're a kid your structure is the household it's your parents rules 
and you break them, there are consequences. Uh, the great thing that my parents did and what I try to do as a parent myself is that once you get through that punishment, there was an acknowledge, acknowledgement that it was done. There was usually a, a hug afterwards or a comforting afterwards to know that this was not something that was done out of anger, mm-hmm. you know, and you move on with the day, you know, and so it was something I that, like that. Wanna... I was like, you do this, I got spanked, <laughs> and you do that again, I'll do it even harder. <laughs> I yeah. love, what the f- love? What the hell? I grew up in a hood. What the fuck? Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> so, but there, there's many different ways to do it, but the, the point is that the... Mm-hmm. The actual act of knowing that there is painful consequences are going to keep me out, keep me from doing stuff. And it's the same thing. Like, one, I never wanted to end up in jail. Oh, yeah. I was scared to death of going to jail. Like, oh, I, didn't yeah, want, yeah. You know, I would have nightmares about being in jail. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Growing up, and that was one of the reasons why I, I stayed out of a lot of trouble. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I did a lot of stuff, but I did stuff within like a kind of a barrier that wasn't going to be too much to the point where I was going to be like in trouble with the law. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't mind, you know breaking curfew or doing some underage drinking and stuff like that at a party where there's a woods that you can run into if the cops come granted i lived in the country you know so there was mm-hmm. there was ways to to get out but uh yeah going to jail or something like that or going to prison scared the shit out of me when i was a kid mm-hmm. still does to the point where like i'm you know in oh. my band days when we'd be on the road and we'd be having a bunch of drugs and shit and we get pulled over by a cop <laughs> Fucking talk about a butthole puckering, man. I'd be so nervous. Like, man, that cop's gonna come in here. He's gonna search all this shit. I'm going to prison, going to jail in, you know, freaking Alabama. This this is gonna be horrible. You know, by the grace of God, they wouldn't they wouldn't search the car for some reason, even though we we stunk like weed. And I'm like, how the fuck did we get out of that? But thank God we did. It was like back in the day when you'd actually go to jail over weed. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back back before it was legal all over the place. Oh, and for anyone who's watching this on Joe's side, if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, he has a link pinned at the top of the comment. We'll be here for another yes. like 20, 25 minutes. I got to get to my main show on Monday, but no, it's awesome. You know, having all the people here talk to us. Uh, if anyone that did subscribe, thank you. Um, it's just crazy, man. Looking at how like, the, like life is turning out and I was, I was thinking like, why hasn't Nikki Haley, has she dropped for, has she dropped out of the presidential candidate race yet? No, she's not going to drop out because she's running for the Democrats. Oh, oh, true. That's her ultimate plan. There you go. That uh, yeah, yeah, Republican, but she would be for Democrat. There you that's go. Exactly, yeah. it's, the, it's the establishment, man. Like they they know that Biden <clears throat> ain't doing shit, and so their backup plan is be like put Nikki Haley in because mm-hmm. she's basically a Democrat. She's a warmonger. She's part of the establishment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically if she got into office, it would basically be like having a Democrat right. in office under the the disguise of a Republican. So I, I guarantee you, she ain't dropping out until she absolutely has to. In like, my opinion, like for me, dude, I genuinely don't think that Vivek or DeSantis would would have been terrible presidents. This was just oh, the wrong. This was just the wrong time for them to actually run for being a president. Oh, absolutely. If, if they had ran like after Trump was over, I have no, no, no doubt they'd win. In my mind, I have, I have no doubt. But they just picked oh, the absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. Twenty twenty eight, I think, is is Vivek's year. I mean, twenty twenty eight. Yeah. I think Vivek's going to make a real good push, and I, I think he would be a great president. <laughs> I think he's awesome. I was. If that's what she was bullied, yeah, she's bullied for she, being brown. I know. I would not live a day in my life, people. There's man, if that's I'm, freak, man. I'm I'm all about Trump for the pure fact that I remember when he was in president, gas mm-hmm. was down, food was down, mm-hmm. you know, the economy was great, and that's all I give a shit about. You know, like right, yeah. all the other nonsense, the political nonsense and yeah. narrative stuff, you know, like just I ignore all of it. It's like what works in my life 
what what did I see with my own eyes? I want that back because I know as soon as the other guy got in, shit went down the toilet in a very fast fashion. Very now, very, yeah. um, uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I forgot. I was like, I forgot. I forgot what my actual that, point was. During that time period back in 2020, where the reason why people didn't vote for Trump was literally, I I remember this very very clearly. Is because he wasn't people voted for Biden only because he wasn't Trump, not because of what Trump did for the country. Oh, yeah, yeah. anything. It's just because he wasn't the other guy. It's like, okay, people, I don't care if you don't like Trump. That's your own opinion. You can't just treat this like a freaking popularity contest. Well, that's like, all people do with politics because no one really pays attention. They're too obsessed with their own lives and everything like that. Yeah. So you just go, you, you vote for a letter, yeah. you know, Democrat. Republican, you just go when you vote. That's what most people do. They don't pay attention to stuff. Or they, if they do, you're watching you know mainstream bullshit uh news, which is giving you just a MSNBC you know, one, news, yeah, right? one side of a narrative, you know. Uh to me, <clears throat> I, I'm registered Republican, but I've long been quote unquote an independent because I was just I think the Republicans are weak as shit, they don't do a damn thing. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats, I got no use for them whatsoever. The only reason I vote for Trump is because I've seen results. And I didn't vote for him the first time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a joke. I didn't vote at all because it was like, Hillary or Trump? You fucking kidding me? Like, no way. <laughs> um, but then the dude gets in office and he actually has results. And that won me over to the point where it's like, I'm voting for this dude next time around. And I did. And, you know, what happened happened. It was a, a travesty. Uh, but this time around, like, I want that back. If if there was a Republican or a Democrat that was in office that was best for our country as far as uh, strong borders, the economy was good, gas was down, inflation was down, our military was strong, all those good pluses, I would vote for a Democrat. I wouldn't give a shit. So it's not party lines for me. I just want somebody that's going to do the best for, for the country and set up for my daughter going forward. You know, like, fuck, my daughter's four years old. Like, What's the world going to be Dude, like when she's remember. my age, you know? I mean, this is the person that black people voted for. Joe Biden literally said, we're for it. If you don't vote for me, you're not black. Did he not already give the game away? He literally already gave the game away. He said he wouldn't want his kids going to a a, a radical racial jungle or whatever. Now, I agree with him. If you have your kids going to a public school around black kids, they might get corrupted. That was not, you know, too far. (laughs) But he literally already gave you the game. He basically said... If you don't vote for me, I will not even consider you the race you're born. Well, yeah, because Democrats, they think they own the black. That's what it is, right? I mean, when you when you come out and you say stuff like that, it's because you think you own the black vote or any minority vote. And you're pretty much trying to tell people, Henry, like, yeah, hey, keep in line. Mm-hmm. That's what that kind of statement is. Keep in line. You know, don't think for yourself. Don't step outside the box. Mm-hmm. Keep in line. Vote for us. You know, and it's like, well, what have they done for you? What did Obama do for black people when he was in office? It's because people are narcissists and they couldn't stand having a president they didn't personally like. Right. Yeah, that's all it was. Even though he was literally better off being a president over Biden, they'd rather not have him there because they just didn't like him as a person. Like, yeah, like people's feelings get hurt. Oh, it was a mean tweet. Mm, (laughs) He said mean tweets on the bird app. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah, such a horrible, horrible person. (laughs) I still find that odd. People got offended over tweets on the social media app Twitter. That's people are crazy. They're so soft. Mm-hmm. People are so soft yeah. nowadays, you know. And I don't think it's the majority of the country. I really do think that most people are somewhere in in the middle, leaning one I way or the other. Like more centrist than anything. Yeah, else. absolutely. I, you know, there's there's a few. They're they're far in each direction. They're idiots, you know. But the most of us all sit within a range and want similar things. You know, when I was growing up, it was like. 
everybody wanted a certain thing in the country. It's just you disagreed on how to get there, but everybody was trying to get to the same thing. You know, like I, I don't ever remember the tension between Republicans and Democrats growing up mm-hmm. uh, because I knew a lot of families that were Democrat families. We were a Republican family. It was never this big thing. It was never like, oh, you're a bunch of racists, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. It just that, that you know shit. What, is- you know what I also find weird, dude? Then comic books now, people le- legit think there's white supremacists. All right, so people, uh, please understand this. The KKK and white supremacists, do you really all believe they go to their local comic book shops every <laughs> Wednesday wearing clan outfits and buy comic <laughs> books? I, I, I just imagine the KKK is not sitting there in their little round table going, man, how are we going to corrupt the comic book community? You know yeah. what? Let's buy Black Panther omnibuses on Wednesday. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would the clan... But first of all, interested in comic books, and for, for what, what, what are they gonna buy the black comic books? Or are they gonna buy Static Shock or something? Like what? Dude, oh my god! Social media was probably one of the worst things that ever happened to this country, probably to the entire world. Yeah, yeah. because of just all the BS that can be put out there, and, and it, it's it's a trope because it's true. You put something online, and people just believe it. Mm-hmm. Any headline they see, look yeah. at X. There are so many videos that come on X where you have no description of the actual video except the person that posts it. And it's like, boy gets slapped in the head for calling a black black man the N-word. And as you go to watch the video, and it's just a, somebody being beat up. You don't know what the context is. But then you jump into the chat, and it's just like, oh, they deserve it. You're like, oh, they shouldn't be talking like this. Oh, yeah. white people suck. And I'm just like, nobody knows what the content of this video is. And then You guys have just all been duped. Idea. After that, right. it usually comes out that it's the black people that were the aggressors in it, and they were the ones actually trying to kill that person. But that's like after the context is applied, right? Before it's, it's usually like, oh, the white person's racist. They probably was like, what the heck? And it, it's it's all a narrative mm-hmm. to to divide us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's pretty simple. You divide you divide mm-hmm. people in this country by race, religion, sexuality, and that's exactly what they've done over the last what 20 25 mm-hmm. years they've really started to push everything mm-hmm. and we look at the country today we are extremely divided you know maybe not your natural world like i look out in my natural world i don't see that i see people getting along you know we don't have issues around where i'm at and I, i'm not in a predominantly white area i'm just like you see it you know like you everyone's getting along but you look on social media and it, that's all it is is you 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 see uh black people bitching about white people you see white people bitching about black people you know uh gay straight homophobic uh religious atheists everybody's going at each other and it's like there's no uh everyone's drawn a line in the sand there's no gray yeah. area there's no conversation to be had anymore there's no open dialogue it's just this or this you know and we it's it's our fault we fell for it as a people as the American people, we we absolutely fell for it, and this is where we're at now—a very divided country. People believe what they believe, and they're a lot of times believe a bunch of bullshit. Like that's well, what I also wanted to bring up that to your point, which is like people just kind of want to rush to on <clears throat> something rather than mm-hmm. like actually hearing them out. You and you know what really causes it? This is what I see a lot of people don't bring up. Anyone that's understanding this, when you're having a conversation with someone, in order to really fully get where they're coming from, you'd have to like. Not saying people are doing this here, but this is what people need to do. Listen to them. What people right. are doing, and we've seen this happen before, people are having conversations, but they're trying to figure out what they're going to say next to respond rather than actually listening. Yeah. That's what's really Nailed going it. on. You can't really have dialogue if you're not actually properly listening to the person, even if you disagree with them. But understanding where they're coming from, even if you disagree and you listen, will have you a better conversation. Most people are trying to under trying to figure out, God, what am I going to say next to counter that point? Did you even listen yeah. to the point? I, you know, 
Well, they're trying to win the quote unquote argument instead of having <laughs> an actual conversation because everything has to be an argument. If you disagree with something, all of a sudden, boom, you dug you dug your trench, mm-hmm. you're you're in deep, you know, and you gotta defend your your position. Mm-hmm. When a lot of times it could just be like you disagree with me, I disagree with you. Why do you believe that? I'll tell you why I believe this. And then we can still walk away not agreeing with each other, but we can at least have a productive conversation. I can yeah. at least have a better idea where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done that so many, like I'm a religious guy. I've had tons of, of conversations with atheists. Uh, mm-hmm. and I've heard their, your complaints and I'll give my answers of why I believe this. And, believe, and nobody's changing each other's minds, but it was a good conversation. You know, and I felt like I, I knew something a little bit more about that person when I was done, regardless if we agreed on the subject. And, it, you know, it was a civil conversation, you know, and then I've had other like complete opposites before where I've had people just attack me right off the bat as soon as they found out something. And then it was like, this is not a conversation, which is when I start to just troll people because I'm like, if we're not having a conversation, you obviously are emotionally invested in this and I am not. So I'm just going <laughs> to fuck with you for the next fucking, you know, few hours as you're going back and forth. And the last few things I'll ask you because we got to head out of here soon, which is, um, okay, listen, okay, I have 35 minutes till I'm home. I need to vibe out to some music hmm <laughs> yeah you listen out. to drake again kayla hmm. you listen to she's, us she's probably she, sitting she's she'll probably sit down you know eat some uh maybe some strawberries with some whipped cream and listen to a uh, game of thrones intro oh, over okay. and over again yeah. while yeah. uh playing with her cats that's what uh, i think i think she's gonna listen to a black guy's music and then say i'm one of them <laughs> you guys think Kayla says the n-word with the rap lyrics in our car? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't care honestly. I don't give a fuck personally. But I I, I don't know. She's from, hey, she's if from it's, Boston. To, know, me, it, Celtics, to me, if it's a lyric of a song, it's it's fair game. Man. Yeah, yeah. Fair game. <laughs> oh god. God, Kayla's like, yeah, uh, if Kayla starts wearing a do-rag on stream, <laughs> saying she's from the hood, <laughs> yeah, oh no, you know, I might be like Kayla, we might an intervention might need to have it for you, you know. Was that cultural appropriation? Is that what they call it these days? <laughs> oh gosh! But I remember you—you you did a recent stream. That, uh, I need to catch the replay of because I've been so busy. Yeah, you did a top four comments of twenty twenty three. Did you by oh, any yeah. chance have that Batman one where the, it had the great artwork? I bought that. If you had that in there, I know I bought that, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Is that Which book one? actually good? The Mark Sylvester one, one. Where you have like the the Joker. It's the Batman. He has a pose like this, and the Joker's face is behind him. And like, I think so. Yeah, yeah that was the Mark Sylvester one. Yeah, 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 that was that was the great top artwork. One. That's that why I bought the book. Twenty twenty three for me. Art yeah, was just, awesome book. I almost blew a load looking at the. Yeah. How good oh yeah, I did twice. <laughs> good lord, Often. I did it three times. I did it yeah. on the pages actually. So when I sold it. <laughs> it's sticky. so sticky. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I sold it. Somebody else has that eBay. So it sucks for you guys, but you know. I know you had Gunslinger Spawn on there. You had Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, and granted, I mean, these were all like my opinions, right? Not necessarily like the actual top books, but just books to me that were exciting. Gunslinger by, you know, Brett Booth knocked out of the park for the entire year. Fucking awesome book, uh, art wise. Uh, Deadpool, Batter Blood, anything Rob Liefeld does, I, I dig. So I'm going to be mm-hmm. down for that. And then uh, Ronin, book two. Uh, Phil Tan, you know, merging the manga and Western styles together mm-hmm. in just the most perfect way. Uh, black and white book is just fantastic <clears throat> we were thinking about doing a number five but i couldn't really think of a number five so we just kept it to four did you okay so i i'm not i have to read this stuff but i i bought it did you um did you ever check through predator versus uh wolverine i, I think people say that was good 
I, I bought the first issue of that to check it out, and I thought it was decent. The, the thing I didn't like is I bought it because uh, Ken Ashley <clears throat> was doing the art, but he only does like half the book. And I was kind of disappointed about that. Like I wanted him to do the entire book because like, you know, I felt I was kind of cheated. Um, and so I haven't really bought any of the other issues. But from what I saw, it was pretty decent. Um, I know right now I'm digging the Daredevil Black Armor run that's uh got two issues out i think the third one's coming out next month mm-hmm. i like that it's kind of a period piece it takes you back to the 90s a little bit i think uh, i could be mistaken on that so people feel free to uh, correct me in the comments but it, it takes you back and it's got a little bit more of a 90s feel i like the artist i can never pronounce his name uh but i'm digging that so far so i'm i'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with that daredevil run uh, and i'm hoping it continues to be good i haven't seen a lot of like bs you know normal kind of politics woke shit in it so uh, i appreciate that that that's the thing is you know i i want to get into doing all that stuff you know we get the books and review them floppies come out the newest floppy that i bought the one i had on my pull list was ultimate spider-man number one and Mm. it came in today so i'll be able to read it and review it actually you know but that's the thing is you know i want to get to the point it's the drama that surrounds everything man i want to get to a point where people are like reading the books and talking about what's in the books you know, because I feel like yeah, this yeah. is the drama that's it's like literally drama. And then like the books are like, <laughs> I mean, like, little well, part I mean, of it. think about it because drama sells drama gets mm-hmm. super chats drama gets, you know, views and makes mm-hmm. people money. Um, So a lot of the actual the YouTube, the big YouTube names that make a lot of the living out of, you know, the outrage. And I get it. I'm all for the culture war and everything. You know, don't get me wrong. But if you go down the line. I'm not going to say anybody's channel because, again, I'm not hating on these people. You do you. You make money. I'm all for that. Uh, capitalism. But there were some channels a long time ago I had to stop watching because, like, everything that came out was was dogged. Like, everything. Everything was woke. Everything was trash, blah, blah, blah. And I'd actually go and watch some of this stuff. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm not actually seeing what you're saying, you know, to the point where I'm just like, you're getting to a point now where just that's the narrative. Disney comes out yeah, with something new, it's trash. Ghosts. Marvel comes out with something new, it's trash. You know, we right off the that clip of like the clan chasing down Peter and um, uh, <laughs> you're seeing ghosts. Like at that point, you're literally seeing ghosts. Yeah, and like, I, some stuff that wasn't woke at all. It was just at not that woke. point. At that point, I was just like, you guys, this these channels that I'm watching at that time with these people and they're huge channels. Mm-hmm. I was like, at this point, I feel like you're being disingenuous. You're not really being honest because you're trying to keep that narrative flowing. You need to have that win. You have to have that win over Marvel. You have to have that win over DC. You have to have that win over Disney. So you can't ever really acknowledge it. You know what? This one was okay. This mm-hmm. movie was was pretty good. Well done. Right. You know, it's just like, no, it was trash because of this. Blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> Marvel does it again. You know, they're in the, you know, and I, I have no love for Marvel, DC or any of that, you know, but I I'm honest as I can be. You know, if I watch something and I think it's trash and it's woke nonsense, I'll say it. If I watch something and I think it's actually well done, then I want to give praise and be like, you know what? This was well done. Make more of this shit. You know, Mm -hmm. the same thing in comics. You know, I don't follow DC. I don't follow Marvel. But if my favorite creators jump on and do a book like Mark Sylvester did with Batman, I'm going to get on there and be like, it was awesome. Go out and buy it because I want these people to realize that you need to make more of this instead of the rest of the shit. Like, that's the thing that I told people is, what about all those, I mean, because apparently people have read all these books, why does no one talk about these other great books, though? Everyone always kind of focuses on the negative aspect of them, but I find it so odd, you know? There's apparently all these great books, even indies, apparently these indie books are so good, no one talks about them. 
Yeah, there's so not a lot of indie reviews. Are so this will let me know. One or two things are true. Either someone bought it and actually just didn't read it, Which or they true. didn't have faith that the creator that they liked didn't put out a good enough story, so that's why they wouldn't have bothered to read it. Because like, I mean, there's no be way, true, you, know? you know, oh, sorry, there's a third thing. <clears throat> the person will always talk about, man, the cover art looks good. Man, the art looks great. I'm like, that's awesome. What's the story about? Me. Right. They never reply back. So like, that's my problem is like, if this creator is so good and their story is so good, you should be able to tell me something about it then. No one does because I'll be honest with you, people don't read them. They don't read the well, books. There's no way. And you're going to get very few opinions that aren't biased. True. You know? yeah. so you're going to get there's there's a lot of people out there review stuff that already have a biased opinion about stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so to find somebody that actually reviews books, whether they're indie or mainstream, without a bias, I think is very rare. Uh, and if you could find somebody like that, great, because then you could get an actual um, account of what the book is from somebody that's not trying to push a narrative. And I think that's we all fall in a category of pushing narratives, whether it's, quote unquote, on the right side or the wrong side. There's narratives being pushed because you're trying to get your point across. You're trying to win the war whatever. If there was somebody who was just down the middle, just talking truthfully and honestly. Is it good? Is it bad? Yes. No. You know, I think you I think it would be good. I think we need more of that. Yeah, last few things I'll ask you is the first thing is any big plans for 2024 for the YouTube channel, Reboot Destroyer, business plans? Uh, YouTube, I'm more just going to continue to draw or grow as much as we can, try to have interesting guests on Ot and stuff on Thursdays and review awesome comics. You know, as far as we look at art on Tuesdays on Akba, appreciating Comic Book Art Live. Mm -hmm. uh, Reaper Destroyer, I'm trying to fulfill that as soon as possible here. I'd like to launch the next issue sometime in May. And like I said before, I'm trying to actually have multiple campaigns this year, expanding the universe with different titles. So I'm trying, I'm working on another book as we speak to try to launch later on in the year as well. And if I can fit in a third one, I'm going to. And I'm going to try to find a way to make it worthwhile and maybe it's a, a lesser price point for backers. So I'll reveal more of that as we go forward. Just you know, follow me on YouTube under this channel uh, if you guys are watching on my channel you know it but joe m sontag you can follow me there on on youtube uh twitter x whatever you want to call it. i'm primarily on there under joe m sontag but you can find me on all social media just dm me and stuff but follow me i'm going to try to put it out there and make it very clear what i'm going to try to do business plan wise going forward in 2024 and i'm hoping that people are going to dig it yeah last thing i'll ask is uh any shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular anything else you want to say before you head out uh, shout out to my boy Sean Arendt, co-host on Art and Stuff on Thursdays. He's got a book called Type One. Uh, everybody, go check that out. Yep, Eric Huffles just dropped the link down there. Uh, check it out. It's a it's an awesome book. And also, you can donate a book to a kid with diabetes on that as well, if you if you so want to. Shout out to Kayla, my co-host on Akba. Appreciating comic book art live, and she's also a writer and a part of my company, Superior Press. Mm -hmm. um hope she's doing good uh and then shout out to the chat you know you guys are awesome coming out all the time you you make these shows fun mm -hmm. uh, and worthwhile to actually stream uh every week so i love you guys what's crazy is um the first time uh joe had his re first appearance on we actually just did it on rumble and twitch if you guys want to go go check out the first appearance that's actually on my rumble channel so i don't have this specific this specific podcast on youtube because you know we get little a little spicy on these things, even with one-on-ones. But I do want to say uh, thank you to every single person that did subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thank you so much. That that means a lot. You know, I'm doing big things over there. Book reviews are coming up. I have to clip out my ISOM number one review that we did. And you guys are going to be – you're going to oh. ask, what's your favorite part? What is your – what would you? It, it's going to be up there. And I told people, hey, the same thing that that that, that Hale said, which is uh, very, very important to leave off of, was like 
this is just my my opinion too. I don't care who wrote it. I don't care. It's if I think it's good, I'll tell you yeah. why. Why person think it's good? If I think it's bad, I'll tell you why person think it's bad. Or if I'm in the middle on it, you know, there should yeah. be like really no barriers because you like the creator, or whatever. That's that's not. I don't want to play that game, you know, because that's not fair. You know, it's like I in life I've lived by this. Just be honest, and people will you know respond to that way better yeah. than if you just straight up lie to them. No, your no your book's really good. No, your book's really good. So I mean, by that logic, you can't really improve them because everyone's circle jerking each other. You know, that's true. Everyone's stuff is really good, then you can't improve on anything. Then there's no there's, why have discussions then at that point if we're all it, really good. No, why? no book is going to be perfect. Not mm-hmm. even by professionals. I mean, that's just that's reality, mm-hmm. especially with uh, us amateurs getting into the race. You know, I mean, we got a lot to learn. A lot of times we're first time writers, first time artists. You know, so there's going to be there's going to be issues as much as we can make the book as good as we can. And uh, the only thing I can say is going forward, you have to hear some of that feedback so you can fix the stuff you can fix going forward and make the book better. And hopefully book two, book three, book four, book five, keep on getting better and better and better mm-hmm. as you go. You know, like that's that's part of the crowdfunding experience. That's also part of the uh, indie scene that we're at. You know, we're all learning at, at a similar yeah. pace. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, can't wait to have Joe on later on this year for a third appearance. Absolutely. You know? We gotta yeah. get you on on Otten stuff sometime, man. I think it'd, it'd be fun to kick it with me and Sean. I think it'd be a good time. We're hanging out with white people and a Puerto Rican. Yeah, let's what? go. <laughs> oh Lord, that's wait. You trying to be inclusive and diverse? What? I got my do rag, man. I can put that on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have you bought chicken re- re- uh, recently? I, well, not a big fan of chicken, but I could. Yeah, that's we'll crazy. You said you on Twitter and you say hot take. Chicken is overrated. That might be a literal viral too, right there. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you hate my, you hate my black peoples. My people's food. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Have a great night, everybody. Peace, everybody.